I'm not into podcasts. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. What a hit! Back of the net. Ownership, money and football. It's something that is constantly debated these days. Be it Todd Bowley, be it the Glazers, be it AFC crew. There's new and fascinating ways of football ownership happening. But one of the ones that has maybe not broken the mainstream just yet, but has been affecting the lives of clubs, is cryptocurrency. With the one on our shores being Crawley Town. Connor, have you heard about this? Limited amount. Now, I am always a fan of kind of new ownership models and I suppose bringing technology into these things and making it more accessible, shall I say. No more so than than, than AFC crew, which I'm sure we'll talk about at another point and it is a fascinating story, but hit me. Let me know what is going on at Crawley. A little bit of a backstory. Crawley Town formed 1896, so long-standing member of the football horizon in the UK. But they remained in junior football up until 1951. So they've been very much kind of local level. They became professional in 1962, but have remained in the lower leagues ever since. Right now, they're flying high in League Two. They're second. It's early days. But last season, they finished 22nd out of 24 teams in their first full season under their new ownership. Their worst finish for 12 years in the Football League and just three points above their relegation to non-league. So so it looked like everything was over. It looked like the lights had just about to be turned off and did close the door on the way out. And not just that, they had five managers in that one season. In April 2022, they were bought by a crypto consortium called WAGMI United for a reported $20 million. Wow. That, that fee, I don't necessarily believe, but... It's possible with the right assets on, uh, on, on the books. It's doable, stadium and that. But WAGMI stands for We're All Going to Make It, which is a very common rousing call amongst crypto groups so this mysterious group was fronted by eben smith and preston johnson remember that name a consortium of american business people and web tree investors with no prior experience in football apart from one of them briefly being an espn pundit or analysis um but they took over around the same time that the nft market was beginning to plummet and when crypto investors started to turn to real-world assets for stability. So we're talking like your bored apes, your kind of crypto punks. Once, are we talking the Bitcoin going off the cliff, or are we talking NFTs going off the cliff, or both? So we're talking about NFTs in this instance. So if you've ever watched any of CoffeeZilla, uh, he's the guy that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Logan Paul's uh yeah. nft scams and basically. the recent and the recent podcast uh payment scandal as well that's another one for the viewers to look into exactly he's a very very good youtuber but does these deep dives on crypto scams from everything from ftx all the way to logan paul on his animal eggs or whatever that was um crypto so zoo what, i think was, it, was what it was called yes yeah and basically 
uh, WAGME, I'm just going to call them going forward yeah. rather than saying all that, is WAGME promised to take Crawley to the Premier League through the sales of NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, which I think most of us kind of have a basic understanding of their existence, not necessarily what they are, but basically you buy it, you're given a piece of what's called a blockchain, which is in, in undeniable ownership of something. Is basically what that means, um, and 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 upon resale, you get uh, value within the resale in perpetuity. Exactly. Um, but what they had hoped to do was by building on this kind of a model that would give them an international fan base um, alongside the traditional ones, and they tried to call themselves the Internet Team. A little bit buzzwordy for me, Connor. Bit naff, yeah, bit naff. So. After the takeover, Crawley launched sales of their own NFT, because of course they did, um, for the price of 0.35 Ether, uh, which was approximately worth £350 sterling. Um, steep enough steep enough for a League 2 team. Yeah, uh, especially considering they called it a virtual season ticket. Okay, I see where they're going. Yeah, so... It had a range of benefits. Some of these mirror other clubs equivalent uh, digital subscriptions, which aren't typically sold as NFTs. Like NFTs being more than just an NFT is a common thing because it's a digital doesn't really mean anything. Maybe it's just a photo. A lot of artists and stuff try to make it so like you have a physical version or you have something a little bit more tangible. And I guess that's what that's what they're trying to go with. Um, so that you could get exclusive content, interviews with players behind the scenes. Um, but then you could also get special input and voting on the future. Now, that's interesting. That is where the, the old ears perk up a bit and you go, hmm, 300 quid doesn't sound too expensive anymore. Yeah, and this is where the AFC... Uh, crew comparison kind of come in because uh, yeah. that's for me I pay a certain amount per month and I am giving given a membership uh, a board membership and I can vote on issues and have a bit of a say and it's that kind of feeling like you're a part of it it's a new era of fan ownership you would imagine but one that's very very profitable so this raised about three and a half million pounds sterling under NF- NFT drop ahead of the new campaign of 2022, 2023. Yeah, yeah. And just if you were in doubt of kind of like things changing, in August 2022, they offered Jaden Davies a contract after fans voted using their NFTs. So uh, the vote, which was directed by fans, offered a thousand season tickets and verified owners approximately 8,000 NFTs a say in the signing. So you had about 1,000 season ticket holders, physical ones, and then you had about 8,000 people that owned the NFT virtual season ticket. And they were able to vote on whether or not this player was going to be signed. And he was. I really like that. I like that. Like, I mean, it's, you know, there is, I think at the League 2 level, you can do that. I think where, and I think it's, whether it's, it's kind of crew or, or Crawley or any other team in in, in of that ilk. Like you, you can definitely be more inventive and more involving the fans within it, and I think it it definitely elevates the club to a level probably outside of its standing when you kind of do that. My worry is with these things as as they go up the leagues. If they go up the leagues, can you keep those promises? Probably not, because you have too many stakeholders financially to be involved. 
And this is where things start to take a little bit of a turn. So in fairness to the group, things did start off difficult because two weeks after their takeover, uh, the manager, John Yems, was suspended for racial abuse, um, which one of the owners, Johnson, who I told you to remember earlier, yep. kind of st- seemed to blame a lot of the problems for a long time on by kind of just kind of going, okay. we, we went, we started off wrong and, um, but their lack of football experience became a, a bigger issue um, because they tried to sell their star striker to a relegation candidate that they were fighting against and they accidentally transfer listed their whole squad. As you do. That's standard. standard enough. Um, yeah. Again, it's one of these kind of things of not seeing the wood for the trees. It, it, it Like, put it online and they just become figures and numbers and they put them up for sale. Less than ideal. But whoever they have advising them has some knowledge because um, Kevin Betsy was brought in from the Arsenal Academy. Um, highly rated youth coach and plays a good level of football, obviously, with the Arsenal Academy and coming through under Pierre Merchelsacker as a head of youth development. So high Knows level what he's coach. Yeah. And he brought in... Um, his assistant or another youth coach at the time as as his assistant at Crawley and brought a bit of a team. So it was kind of like, okay. I remember when it happened, I was like, hmm. Serious operators coming in. Yeah. That's going to be a fun football manager save is exactly what I thought. <laughs> However, he lasted four months. And then Lewis Young, who was the under-18s coach, I believe, at, at Crawley, who had been there for years, was brought in as interim. Did well. And then he was replaced. Oh, Jesus. Peter Burr's under-18s coach, Matthew Edrington, formerly of oh. Stoke and West Ham. Oh, Jesus. I liked yeah. him now, to be fair. He, he, was a, a, he, was a de- he was a decent baller and a good football brain. But he didn't have a good brain outside of football. So Edrington only managed 32 days in the hot seat. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. But it, his, his short time was not without incident. What, what he, happened? He claimed he was not allowed to play striker Tom Nichols after the club agreed a fee with relegation rivals Gillingham. They love this relegation rival stuff, don't they? Imagine, so say, take Newcastle, imagine you are in a relegation dogfight now against Everton and Everton comes in for Isak and you say, yeah, why not? Sure, take out Callum Wilson as well, sure, why not? Sure, we'll give you Bruno too. Jesus. Absolutely wild. And... As if waving a red flag to a bull wasn't enough. Johnson, who's kind of been the face of this group, flew in for the game after uh, Etherington was sacked and sat with the coaching staff in the dugout. This bangs of Edgar Davids are burning. Just delusions of grandeur. But this is the owner who was already like what really stung the fans was they were been trying and pleading with them publicly for weeks to try and get a meeting to see where the club is going they were on their third or fourth manager come on wheels are coming off like yeah exactly and he then sat there in front of them at more than an arm's reach just beyond where they can get a hold of him and he spoke to vice after it and said he doesn't regret doing it um but, like, the one time he stood up, all the fans were saying, sit down and shut up. That was the <laughs> chant. Sit down, shut up. Um, that's, that's, that's very English humour, though. And apparently, now he denies this, 
But of course he would. It was later reported that he had to ask a member of staff how substitutions work. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is like Todd Bowley wanting to do, what was it? He wanted 12 men on the pitch. I can't remember the formation. He just proper Ted Lasso stuff. 4-4-3 four, four, was what he wanted. That was the one, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, just to go full crypto bro, they asked three members of Sidemen. Um, so the Sidemen YouTube group that featured KSI. Yeah. Um, they obviously do their charity games and they do all that kind of stuff. And they do it so, well, to be fair to them. Yeah, 130 million subscribers can't really be wrong, can they? Um, no accounting for taste, though. Uh, <laughs> but he, Johnson brought three of them on trial with Crawley and told them that at least one of them could play in the FA Cup for them. Oh, Jesus. So they were just uh, making a push to get the exposure. And that's exactly what Johnson actually came out afterwards and says, yes, this is obviously a publicity stunt. But... The only reason why it didn't actually happen, Simon Minter of the Sidemen did reveal after, was that they declined. Because they were like, I think, I believe Simon might be a West Ham fan or something like that. He's like, imagine if this happened to my team, I'd be fuming. Yeah, and just out of being a, yeah, I get you. Like, out of just a sheer cop-on moment of, like, this this can't happen. Bizarre that, like, it had, the guys who had the chance to be... Briefly, professional footballers had to say no. It's like you ran from One Direction, Louis. I think it's Doncaster. Doncaster Rovers. But he was a fan growing up and they, they brought him on and uh, and he was never really an expectation that he'd play because he was like training with the under-23s or something like that. Yeah. And I think he maybe got a game and a run out for a cup one. But at that he stage, got something, he'd done yeah. six or eight weeks of training. So it's kind of like, okay, he earned it. Maybe he, he didn't earn the chance to be in the, in the youth team he, or whatever. He was at least around the, the club for the years prior and even the weeks prior. Yeah, Exactly. A, li- a little bit of Ali, Daya, Ali Daya's cousin or George <laughs> Weah's cousin or whatever. Um, but this is not the only questions uh, with their like decision making. Um, there's also questions over the anonymity of some of the Wagby members. So we don't know who are all the owners of this. And whether or not they'll actually have the cash flow to fund the club if the NFC market continues. See, this is where it's different. This is where I think crew is a safer bet. It's more transparent. And I think as soon as you bring crypto bros into any circumstance, that's what gets worrying is the, the lack of transparency that comes with crypto. Crypto is the way it is for a reason. The likes of an AFC crew is, is a modern version of fan ownership. It's yeah. just, uh, it's, it's revolute to your Bank of Ireland. It's the same <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, different guys. Yeah. Um, whereas crypto is, it's a new form of investing and it's the, like, potentially very, very high gain, but also it can tank overnight. And a report by um, Dap Gimbel uh, over in Germany um, got some data based on uh NFT scan and coin market cap two sites that would kind of track this kind of stuff to show that out of 73,257 NFT collections so not just individual NFTs the collections um so that could be uh what was it, drunk, drunk apes or whatever they were called like that's oh bored apes yeah bored yeah, apes that's yeah. a collection so I was looking at them 69,795 or slightly over 95%, had a market cap of zero Ether. 
I was looking at it, it. I was only looking at this yesterday. Logan Paul had. I don't know what the NFT collection was, but he had, he had a NFT asset which he purchased back. I think in the boom of it for I think six hundred twenty five thousand dollars, and it's worth a couple hundred quid now. Like yeah. flat, just flatlined. A lot of the Premier League ones, Liverpool had ones, Paul Pogba had ones. They've all tanked. The Athletic recently did. Of course, of course, Pogba. Of course, Pogba had one. Fuck standard. It was there was a stage where kind of if you didn't have one, like do you remember John Terry had ones, and they were basically yeah. just a rip off of um, Board Apes, and like by that gimbal's estimates, there's about twenty three million people holding on to these worthless assets, and this is what is backing the club. The boom of NFTs coincided with cryptocurrencies peak when Bitcoin was trading close to 70,000 US dollars per coin. More recently, Bitcoin is hovering at about 27,000. So okay. it is still high value, but it is way less than half. But what they had based all of their wealth and projections on was a market of more than double of what it is now at best case scenario so the so, the owners are aren't the most transparent the financials aren't the most transparent they've a roller coaster merry-go-round of managers it's suspect as an investment or a new even as a do you want to pay your 300 quid a year to get involved in that Ooh, i don't know so whilst trying to do things differently is a valid crusade, one that many fans would applaud as people get ever more disillusioned with the state of football and ownerships and it's losing its connection to the people. Different does not mean better. And to quote one uh, Crawley fan, there's a tone-deaf arrogance, so many lies and empty promises. I think, I think that perfectly sums it up. So, Connor, Crypto Bros... Crawley Town. Um, where does it leave you feeling for the state of football? I mean, look, uh, where to begin? I suppose I appreciate the attempt, and I like the the kind of forward thinking. Try make football more available to the masses. I think propping it up on a cryptocurrency that can change at any given moment is dangerous. Um, I think the lack of transparency is dangerous. And uh, even if it works, my heart just goes out to, you know, the 75-year-old man who's been supporting Crawley Town for his entire life. And he's like, what is this? What's an NFT? Why are we here? So I, I think fair play for trying it. I don't know how they got has to do it by the the football league what about you i'm a little bit more skeptical of the whole thing i think best case scenario they were delusional to try it um they like they're supposed to be fit and owner uh fit and proper owners test there should be but this uh, i mean how did they pass that some, like you know like i know there is some inter- intermediaries that when approached by millionaires and billionaires that they will do basically a coaching class with them and kind of well this is what it's like to own a club and run a club and this is Mm. like so there's nothing hidden um that's the best case scenario was that didn't happen they're delusional they tried their best what is worst case scenario and i 
having watched a lot of CoffeeZilla recently enough, it'd be my <laughs> concern is, was this an attempt to, to liquefy into tangible assets that could then be debt built upon and then dropped? Is this an attempt of, we got we have this thing that in a week's time could be, it's Nothing. currently worth 10 million, next week it could be 10,000. We're going to buy on the strength of that and then we have a something that is now still worth 10 million when i mean it's it's not it's not too far different to what the glazers have done the glazers using on on did it on a a well tested banking kind of thing so at least there is kind of this proof of concept yeah there's concepts but there's also laws yeah well this this is wild west stuff and if you look at the likes of ftx and stuff where you had where did they get the the tangible cash from the NFTs? Because some of them work by if you buy into a cryptocurrency, you're not supposed to be able to transfer it out because it's meant to be like um like it's as as their names as their name suggests, um Wagme, we're all gonna make it. So is this ill-gotten gains that is basically they've traded on mine and yours money because we invested in their kind of thing? Or is it their own? The fact that we don't have an answer, and maybe there is an answer right there, it doesn't bode well for the future of Crawley, and it doesn't bode well for the future of football. Yeah, it doesn't, and I think it's one that we're going to have to keep an eye on. It, uh, it's, it's, that is a story that I look forward to revisiting in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and even a couple of years if it's still going. And we will keep you up to date with this story. There are only... Not even 18 months into it. There's plenty more twists in the tale, I'm sure. I've been Killing Ginnity for Not a Pundit, and I'm delighted to have been joined by Not a Pundit, Connor Glennon. Thanks for bringing us through that, Killian. Really fascinating. And we'll chat to you next time. I'm not into podcasts. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. What a hit! Back of the net.